0: Hello, hello. It's Brooke Devard and you're listening to the Naked Beauty podcast. I'm so thrilled to be presenting Maya Allen's very first podcast. She hasn't ever been on a podcast before. So I'm like so happy that she chose Naked Beauty for her debut. She is someone that I've been trying to interview for a year and a half. But if you follow Maya, you know that she is in a different exotic part of the world, literally every weekend. It is impossible to keep up with this girl. She is living the dream as a beauty editor at Marie Claire. But here's the thing that I think a lot of people don't realize about Maya. And she and I talked about this. She is on these fabulous trips, but she is working so hard. The girl works hard. She is like pushing herself to the limit each and every day to turn out all of these incredible articles. And Maya has written some of my favorite beauty content on the internet in the past few years. Let me just read some of her headlines. Seven tips to pull off the ultimate summer glow up by Rihanna's makeup artist. These experts can explain exactly how to identify your curl type, how to use coconut oil so your nails never break again, has the beauty industry progressed? 16 female beauty icons reveal their thoughts. She talked to Zoe Kravitz about her line of lipsticks for YSL. She's interviewed icons like Gabrielle Union. She's talked to Michael B. Jordan. I mean, Maya has written some incredible beauty content and has been working in the beauty industry for eight years. Like she has just been at it, constantly hustling, always making a name for herself, whether she was at Birdie Beauty and now at Marie Claire. Like, Maya kind of transcends publications. Like I will read her work wherever she goes. So I love getting to know her in this episode and learning what makes her tick and what drives her to keep going. I know you guys are going to love this episode too. There is so much to take in. So enjoy. And I'm doing something new with the show where I leave you guys at the end of the interview with takeaways. So you can look forward to that at the end of this episode. Subscribe to the podcast. If you're not subscribed, we have new episodes every single Monday at Naked Beauty Planet on Instagram. And again, so grateful for everyone who takes the time to rate and make a written review for the show on the Apple podcast app. It literally means so, so much to me to get that feedback from you guys. All right. Let's dive into the episode. Thank you. I am here with Maya Allen. Thank you for being on. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so honored. This is a podcast exclusive. It's your first ever (laughs) podcast.
1: I know. This is major. It's amazing. I'm so
0: excited. Well, I've read your work for forever. I, I started reading your work actually when you were at Birdie. You're a big reason why I got microneedling. You wrote just such a glowing review about yes, needling.
1: That was an experience. That
0: was an experience. I couldn't handle it. I was scarred. I yeah. Was not Interest- actually physically scarred, <laughs> but like I wasn't prepared for how painful it was. Yeah.
1: Interestingly enough, I'm not sure if I would do it again.
0: Oh, I a hundred percent wouldn't. The
1: entire stage of your skin being literally wounded was a lot for me to emotionally work through. Like I'm fine now, but it was, <laughs> It was a process.
0: Yeah, definitely a process. Um, But the other reason why I'm so excited to have you on is like, I'm obsessed with your voice. (gasps) Thanks, (laughs) Brooke. I I, I first heard you speak when we were on a panel together (laughs) forever ago, almost a year and a half ago. And Mm -hmm. I was like, wait, like you're gorgeous, but like this voice is everything.
1: Thank you. You know, what's interesting when I hear myself talk, I literally sound like a regular woman to myself but then when i hear myself on recording i'm like whoa okay yeah (laughs) now i know what everyone else is talking about (laughs) what
0: what what feedback do you get on your voice
1: it varies honestly when i was younger it was a bit tough to work through because obviously before puberty it was at a way higher it it was even higher and everyone would ask where is this coming from? And no one in my family has my similar tone of voice. Yeah. Nothing at all. And every time the teacher in class would have to go through attendance and call yeah. my name. And my name, my last name's Alan. So I was always first.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it would be like this squeak in the yes,
1: back of the class. like And honestly, kids are so mean. Of course, so cool. And would bully me. But it gave me such thick skin mm. from a young age to just truly embrace all of my quirks yes. and my uniqueness. And now I just think it's so memorable. Like anytime I interview a celebrity or any yeah. high profile person, they, they reckon, always yeah. remember me if I have the opportunity to meet them again. And it hasn't held me back from any interview or any job of course. opportunities. Yeah. <laughs> well,
0: it's like very feminine and very distinct. I feel like I have the opposite. I have like this very deep ma- manly voice um, no, and you I sound love- like like Minnie Mouse. Like it's amazing. <laughs> um, I
1: literally have no idea how to even define the tone of my voice. Yeah. I think it's just me. <laughs> yeah. But have
0: people, but people have thought you're like putting it on.
1: Yeah. They definitely think that I'm trying to talk this way and I'm the opposite of someone who'd ever try to be someone I'm not. Right. I'm so authentically myself. So I just think it makes people smile. Like if I'm getting coffee and I say, how are you to the barista? Yeah. They, they look up from their cashier and they're like, oh, wow. You know, yeah. if anything is just a surprising like element. like a ray
0: of that. sunshine.
1: Thank you. That you just
0: bring into every room. So like <laughs> when you were interviewing like Michael B. Jordan, for example, like did he say anything about it?
1: Um, He definitely was into it. Just really? <laughs> really? Oh my God, um, no. He didn't say anything about yeah. it. But once again, I just think, it adds to my flair and it just, it sort of is just me. It's so weird because this is something that is innately a part of me. Right. So I guess I don't even think about it anymore. I will say I had one frightening, not frightening, but sort of scarring situation. I was a freshman in college. I was applying to my first ever internship and my college advisor at the time was helping me book a free room. I went to Howard university. She was helping me, Book a room to conduct my Skype interview with the fashion market editor at Oprah's magazine for my first internship, and she gave me a disclaimer right before my first ever internship interview, being like, "You should just warn her about your voice, just in case." And I went, I went into a room, Brooke, and I cried my eyes out, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm not going to get the job." This recruiter just told me that I should warn her about, about my boys. That's inappropriate. Um, it was so inappropriate and I was so young right. and clearly knew no better and yeah. she was a college advisor who had done this so many years. many years. Yeah. And I remember receiving a pep talk from my family and just be like I'm going to go in anyway and I'm going to do it and I got the job and of I course was just you like did. I had to let her know that she should not ever give anyone that advice ever again and look yeah. at me now. <laughs>
0: Now, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So now you're a beauty editor at Marie Claire. Yes. Absolutely killing it. How long have you been at Marie Claire now?
1: So it's officially been a year.
0: Wow, the time has flown by.
1: I know. It was like an explosive year for sure. But I
0: know. And in uh, that past year, you've written like, what, 500 articles?
1: Yeah, probably 500 and counting. Who knows? I've lost count so many years ago, like in terms of how many articles I've written. I wish I knew the number of articles I wrote,
0: but... Thousand. I mean, you've written so much. And before <laughs> yeah. before Marie Claire, you were at Birdie. I was. And before that?
1: I was at Cosmopolitan.
0: At okay, Cosmopolitan.
1: Doing digital as the fashion okay. beauty assistant. Amazing. And in style too, right? Yes. Okay. I was at InStyle as their beauty intern post-college. <laughs> oh my
0: God. So you've like been just your whole career. Be- this is what you always wanted to do.
1: Yes. I've always wanted to do beauty.
0: So you're living your dream.
1: I am.
0: Amazing. It's,
1: it's, it's so surreal. <laughs> so
0: growing up, were you always into beauty? Did you grow up in DC?
1: No, I okay. grew up in Portland, Oregon. Oh, actually. what? Yeah. Portland, Oregon. Yeah. Wow. Tell so, us about that. <laughs> Portland is surely a special place. <laughs> um it is. One of the whitest states in America. It's literally 5% minority. So within that, there's an even smaller window of African-American people. So it was definitely, I was tokenized my entire life. Did you go to a
0: big high school?
1: I did. I went to a big high school. I went to Grant High School in Northeast Portland. It was, I had such an amazing family and I had my mom and my sister and my dad. And so- I was really, really blessed and fortunate in that regard. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And my sister is so incredible. She truly paved the way for me and like really showed me what it meant to be a black, excellent woman. So having her as like a leader in the Portland community, as well as my mom and my dad, really did make being the best possible version of myself. But I will say I was always the only one. Yes, always. Always. In every extracurricular activity, in every class, in every, literally every space I was in. Mm -hmm. So I had to really stand strong in my selfhood, in my evolution, in my progression into young womanhood. So it was surely an experience, but I'm very grateful for it because that's what drew me to magazines. Like me and my mom, every morning. She'd read her magazines. I I read mine and we would bond together and I would be so entranced by the covers of these magazines and the women inside of them. And I just always knew there was something bigger, yes, you know, important. and there were outside of my immediate family that inspired me, which was like, I'm so grateful for. I was able to be motivated by the stories told in magazines and, it's really what drew me to my career. I just collected magazines. I collected journals. I my mom always was like, "You were born a writer. You I were know. supposed to do this." Yes, I just always was so attracted to that.
0: I love physical magazines too, and I have so many memories like you of going through them. But do you think people read magazines still? Like kids growing up, do they have these moments? Uh, I guess they're just like it's bonding so over the iPad.
1: It's so different now because of you know, where we're at in the world and the way in which we consume and digest yeah. content. I think there's something so special about a Glossy magazine. I mean, at Marie Claire and at Birdie and at Cosmo, I've been really fortunate to start my career in digital yeah. and stay in digital. Um, Now I'm doing more print work, which I'm really grateful for. However, it's definitely changing. Yeah, definitely. And,
0: and also the reach of digital can't be beat, right?
1: I just am obsessed with how many people get to read my work. Exactly, it's at everyone's fingertips at all times. Yeah. I will never forget the instant gratification I started to feel when I was just a little baby beauty assistant. I'd wake up to like fifty k yeah. page views on a story I wrote yeah. the night before, and I saw the true power of the internet and how people don't have to pay. Right. People don't have to go no see. Yeah, yeah it was just there at their service. And I was like, this is so cool. And I'm really driven by numbers and data. Okay, I can see that. I just wanted to go viral because it's so fun. (laughs) So the more eyes on my work, the better. Back to high
0: school, Maya. Like, I can imagine you being a cheerleader.
1: I was a cheerleader. Of course you were. (laughs) I was a varsity cheerleader for two
0: years. Oh my gosh. Are you watching Cheer on Netflix now?
1: I actually am the one person in the world who hasn't started yet. I don't watch that that much TV.
0: I know you're too busy. You're, like, literally so busy. I
1: want to sit down and decompress, but... Yeah. yeah,
0: okay. Watch Cheer on Netflix, it's honestly... But it really... Cheerleading is much harder than people make it out it's to be. It's a true
1: sport. It's we like went a to sport. gymnastics twice a yeah. week. We won first in-state. Oh, wow. Um, we were the real deal. <laughs> I knew you,
0: really, I could just feel it in your bubbly, <laughs> positive personality. Yeah. So, were you into beauty growing up in high school? Like, did you go through any, like... You're obviously have flawless skin now. You're so beautiful. Did you ever go through like an awkward phase?
1: Oh, 100%. Okay. I was the girl, though, in middle school in seventh grade who was wearing bright blue mascara. Like, okay. Yeah. I definitely had my MAC lip gloss stage, have gone like bought like a hundred of those. I definitely have always been into beauty. Okay. My mom had this perfume vanity full oh, love of it. beautiful glass bottles. And yes. I'd be so entranced by them when I was a little girl. And she was like, you can't wear my Tom Ford. <laughs> um, and I was like, I want to wear it. So I would go and sneak her scents when I was yeah. young and I would change up my hair. I think it was because I did have such strong figures of black women in mm-hmm. my immediate family that I always was still able to explore but I will say being in Portland, it put a very, it put a lot of pressure on me to conform. Yeah. For years, I straightened my hair and I had such bad heat damage. Right. Because I saw every girl in class and all my best friends who had like long, sleek hair and mm-hmm. I wanted straight hair. So I'll never forget my graduation picture in high school. My ends were completely burned off just from truly abusing the flat iron and truly and just trying to revert my curls into something that they weren't. And it was a time of figuring out who I was and mm-hmm. what even I thought was beautiful. So I'm really grateful for Howard because that's when I got yes. to see the diversity and the, the, the true multitudes black of, yes. of blackness and our beauty and all of its glory. Yes. So, so yeah.
0: yeah. So you leave Portland, ninety-five percent white, and then you Truly. go to Howard University, yes. which is one hundred percent black. Well, not one hundred percent. I watched an interesting documentary about white students at HBCUs. So that was there are more and more of them. Yeah, fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. But they they like literally just want to be around black culture, which yeah. is like okay, great, respect fine. it. Yeah, cool. <laughs> but, so then you go to Howard, yeah. all black. Was it like a culture shock, oh, but like in well, a great way?
1: For sure, it was like swimming in both seas. Right, yeah. like. Sink or swim, and I, coming from Portland, being the best at everything, it was almost like teachers would unicorn me. They they think I was this other because uh, I was so well spoken and right, eloquent yeah. and a black woman. Yeah, they acted like it didn't exist. Right, and I was like, right. this isn't okay. And my sister is actually who introduced me to. HBCU. She went off to Spelman College, and yes. She joined Delta Sigma Theta, my yes. sorority, and I remember.
0: Oh, uh, my mom's her. a Delta.
1: A uh, shout out to your mom. Yes, I
0: and I did a semester at Spelman, <laughs> and I like just I couldn't cut that whole rushing.
1: It's serious. I was like,
0: oh wow, I yeah. can't. I'm not cut cut out for it.
1: Uh, yeah, Howard is the same way. Yeah. Um, it's definitely one of the best decisions of my entire life. Yes, but going to Howard was truly. So integral for my growth. Yes. It was a true sea of Black excellence. And I really learn to like stand in my power and introduce myself. There's something called the Howard Intro where you say your name, your age, where you're from and your major. And even the way you say it and speaking with conviction mm-hmm. and introducing yourself every time you stand up and ask a question mm-hmm. in a class or at a panel. That's something that I've taken away with me for interviews, wow. speaking engagements. And just being around all these people who we were all used to being the best from our hometowns. Yes. And so it was really competitive, but it was healthy competition. Yes. It was what I needed. And Portland is a very nice and friendly environment. <laughs> and D.C. isn't as like, yes. as nice and friendly. So it really toughened me up a bit. I feel like I got sort of a my naive sense sort of evolved. Yes. I grew up from that.
0: And so when you came into the beauty industry as a Black woman, did you feel like from the start, like, I want to rep for Black women, Mm -hmm. I want to use my voice and my position to tell these stories and speak to Black women?
1: For sure. I think that it's so important and vital that we are recognizing the power of diversity. But honestly, when I entered into the industry, there were so few editors of color and so few spaces for us yeah. that were already carved out to thrive in mm-hmm. it was like I had to be in these spaces and create them for myself yeah and sort of I always loved Essence magazine I always loved Ebony but what about the other magazines like can right. they also recognize right. our greatness they need us too it's right. like we shouldn't be excluded from the narrative we should truly take up space in these rooms as well. Absolutely. And so I was really moved to go to these major magazines and just make them black as fuck. <laughs> I, love that.
0: I love that. So I think you're still probably one of very few black editors, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, there are way more of us now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: And do you feel empowered to like talk about black issues or black beauty issues that...
1: Always. It's what drives my work. It's yeah. why I'm in beauty the most fulfilling part of beauty is beauty in a cultural context, mm-hmm. beauty in the way that it connects the culture and connects our people and tells the stories that we've always wanted to tell. Yeah. I always felt excluded from the narrative. Yes. I felt like my skin tone, my curves, my hair texture, which I wear so many different ways. It hasn't been at the forefront of the media until now, until the last few years, I yes. say, which we are at a great place, but there's still so much more work.
0: So much more work. Them.
1: We are not even nowhere near dead.
0: <laughs> are there like specific articles that you've written on like very black topics that you're proud of that like stand oh, yeah, out to you? yeah,
1: for sure. Well, when I was a beauty assistant, even as a beauty intern at InStyle, I'll never forget the day I got to interview Sir John.
0: Oh, Beyonce's um, makeup artist. Yes.
1: If you don't know, you <laughs> definitely should know him um, about the best foundations for dark skin tones. And I was just an intern in a beauty closet, and I'll never forget seeing that byline about something that really mattered to me because yeah. so many women of color have always really struggled with finding shades for our skin tones. Mm -hmm. You know, nowadays, the past three years, I'd say shade expansion has become a priority for major beauty brands, but that wasn't the case back in 2013. So it was really amazing to talk to such an established makeup artist about this. And it was Beyonce's makeup artist. And I was like, what, 18 or 17 years old. Oh my God, that's a dream. that was one of my first ever stories. And then when I was at Cosmo as the beauty assistant working under Carly Cardellino. I was a beauty and fashion assistant, which was a beast (laughs) of a job. That's like too much for one person to do. I mean, assisting two massive markets at once is just unheard of these days. It's a very rare role. You rarely hear of that dual assistant role anymore. And I was truly in the office until like 11 o'clock and I know I, I had no interns. I was doing shoots writing three stories a day directing my own shoots managing a social media Facebook page back when Facebook lives ruled the world. It was just like so much so but much I was so hungry and still am for the opportunity. So, yeah. But I remember Carly and she is still such an amazing role model and mentor to me now and she let me take on Cosmopolitan's first ever video franchise and it was called The Braid Up and it was about black hair.
0: Wow. And it was
1: their first ever video. And I'll never forget being on set and it was such a brand new thing. And it was so invigorating seeing these black models, this black hair We did the first video and it got a million views. And I was like, yeah, because this is the content we want to see. Exactly. Let's do more of it. And yeah. so, being able to birth that and have that be my baby and Cosmo's first ever video content that addressed directly natural hair is something that's I'll major. Always hold on to that's major. Career. And at Mary Claire, it's been incredible to talk to so many. You know, celebrities of color. I
0: know you've interviewed Can you, just, of can you color. run through some of the like <laughs> You've interviewed some incredible people.
1: Oh my gosh, man. Well, I talked to in 2019, oh my gosh, there's so many. I interviewed Zoe Kravitz, incredible. Tracy Ellis Ross, Michael B. Jordan. Um,
0: I mean, all dreams. What 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 was my
1: career, Gabrielle Union, yes. Cardi B. It's just been so many
0: amazing. What was it like interviewing Zoe Kravitz?
1: She has the most serene aura, mm. and she took so much time between each question to thoughtfully answer them. And she's the most beautiful human I've probably, like, one of the most beautiful humans I've ever. Oh seen yeah,
0: in real she's life. insanely And she's really gorgeous. petite
1: and really just like stunning. Yeah, and I'll never forget she was answering a question. And she complimented me and she was just like, you know, I love seeing faces that feel rare and feel beautiful, like your face. And I was like, oh my God, (laughs) what? Like I literally, (laughs) you are the most beautiful person. And so I think that just spoke a lot to her energy. It was like,
0: yeah, she was
1: so thoughtful. I think every time I sit down with someone, no matter who they are, I just want to create a story that you know, sparks the human connection. I like finding the human, the human Same,
0: Same, So, I really struggle with beauty podcasts that are so focused on just products because I don't think my whole thing is like, yeah, like we want Maya, we're going to hear all about your beauty products and what you love. But I think we want to know who you are first and how you think about the world before we get to, okay, what's this amazing red lip you have on? We should get into your beauty routine. Yes. Should we do morning or nighttime first? Oh
1: gosh, I don't do as much in the morning. Okay, let's do
0: your nighttime beauty routine. Like when you go home tonight, what are you going to do?
1: It's a pampering process.
0: Yes, I I, love it.
1: First, I start out by lighting my candles. Yes, Um,
0: okay, what are your candles of choice? Oh
1: my gosh, I'm obsessed with Byredo. They have this black saffron candle, which is also my favorite fragrance from them. And it's just so woody and musky, but also very calming.
0: I love their black saffron. So good.
1: Such a good line. I know. I'm obsessed with, of course, Tom Ford. I
0: know. Does Tom Ford make candles though?
1: They do. They have a candle called fucking fabulous.
0: Wait, I, how do I? (laughs)
1: Fucking (laughs) fabulous.
0: How did I not know Tom Ford made candles?
1: You got to try them.
0: Okay. It's
1: so good. I love all candles though. I'm not like a candle snob. I'm a snob about other things <laughs> but I just start by doing that and I turn on sort of like mood lighting in my room just Love to set it. the vibes and always turn on music
0: this is so romantic yeah, <laughs> candles I tr- lighting I do. and then I, I take
1: a nighttime candle lit shower too every <gasps> single night what it's like, and I'm a bath person but I can't bathe every night I try to at least once a week
0: wow um, wait what's your sign
1: I'm a Libra.
0: Okay. Balance. Yeah. Because okay, you, try. you during the day, I know you are just like giving um, it a thousand and ten percent So at night, that's when you really.
1: Yeah. Okay. I, my phone is always on. Do not disturb. Yes. Love um. It. That's just at all times, just because for my mental health, I yes. just realized I cannot be pulled in a thousand different directions yeah. at all times. So it's uninterrupted time for myself and my skin. Yes. So after the vibes are set, and um, I'm jamming. I have different playlists. I have a playlist for my skincare too. I feel like oh I should God. show, I should share Drop, it. okay. Um, Please
0: send it so I can at least link it into the show notes of yes. this episode. We need your skincare playlist.
1: It's- such it's a it's a time for yourself and your skin and like
0: who's listen. on it is it listen
1: like, to what your skin is it
0: like solange like, and like
1: it's a it's some solange i'm into like snow allegra okay
0: i don't even know who that is but i love her name you would love her okay She's snow allegra upsetting. okay
1: um so many people there are so many artists i love soundcloud so okay I find a lot of music i love there that's really calm And then I start with Is Clinical Cleansing Gel. Okay. I love it. Shawnee Darden, who's a really famous celebrity facialist, put me on to it. And it's just really gentle. And I do that to remove the first layer of my makeup. Okay. It just feels really luxuriating. Yeah. I have really sensitive skin, so I have to... Sort of stay away from bombs and oils, really. Unfortunately, because oh. I wish I could, because I love the sensorial effect of oil. Yeah. but I realized it was clogging my pores. Okay, not all oil clogs your pores, but the ones that I were using,
0: yeah, it was just
1: not working for me. I've been around the block with cleansers, so I know I you've tried a million this things. Cleansing gel,
0: and it's called is
1: is clinical.
0: Okay, is clinical. Okay.
1: Uh-huh. And then I double cleanse always. Okay. I use Renee Rouleau's line for acne. She has this incredible AHA, BHA, blemish control cleanser. It's truly a godsend. I developed adult acne as soon as I moved to New York. I think it's maybe like my skin was spoiled growing up in Portland with like not a heavily, heavily polluted sort of airflow in this It's not like that. So after trying so many products and being a beauty editor, my skin truly like freaked out. I actually wrote about that once, how being a beauty editor has made my skin worse. And it was so... Wait, we
0: should talk about that because I feel like you have to try so many products.
1: Oh, it's unbelievable. It's truly a part of our job, which I'm so grateful for. I'm grateful for the excess of products that are... At my demand to test and try But I'm one person So it's physically impossible I know For me to do so But when it comes to my skincare Girlfriend has to stay regimented I truly do not switch up My hero products very okay. often I'm super wary about it Yeah, because I have Baby sensitive angry skin <laughs> That will like yell at me If I try something too harsh It doesn't matter if it can be like $500 are too expensive. I yeah. will break out and my skin will be like girl. What, what you doing? What are do you doing? <laughs> too much. So, I stick to what my skin loves and then so I love Renee Rulo because she'll come and you can um go and get a facial with her and she truly broke down so many of my concerns Mm -hmm. and her line for acne is just one. It's like not incredibly expensive. I
0: know I've heard, I've had guests on the show rave about her. Yeah. Chrissy Ford is a huge fan. Yeah.
1: She does love her. We've talked about her before and she just has a lot of acne targeted skincare products that have really faded my dark spots, Mm -hmm. help even, you know, my skin tone Mm -hmm. and, it's incredible. So I double cleanse. So I then go in and I cleanse with her AJ cleanser. And I really take my time with it. I think when you don't have to rush through your skincare routine, it's when it it really, truly feels like self-care. Yes. So I lather, I massage. Love it. I might like dance around and bop around to the music. <laughs> it's just like my time for me and no one else. And I sort of let each thing have its stage on my skin. Okay. So sometimes a little trick of mine is like when I don't want to do a mask, when I've sort of overmasked, because I can do masks like every single day. But <laughs> oh my God. I realize sometimes that will break me out because I do try a lot of different masks too for work. I'll let my cleanser like sit on my skin when I shower and sort of oh, wow. the, the warmness from the water will really open up my pores and let my cleanser absorb. So it's almost like making my cleanser, turning it into a quick mask. Yes. Um, so I leave That's it on my so skin.
0: interesting because I feel like that's something that I've heard is People basically put their cleanser on too quickly and rinse it off too fast. Like they're not yeah. giving their, cle- you're like not giving your cleanser. It's a not as
1: effective. You thing. gotta let it have its stage and really show love to the skin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sounded really sexual, mm-hmm. but yeah, you this, know
0: it's this true. whole thing is very <laughs> sexual.
1: <laughs> Me and skin and beauty, it's an intimate relationship. Yes. yes. Um So then I do that, and then. Yeah, most of the time I shower while I let the AHA cleanser absorb into my skin and I take it off in the shower. And then afterwards I tone. I use Renee Rouleau's moisture toner. It's so incredible when it comes to hydration. Mm,
0: are you a big believer of toners? Toner the slash right defenses. toner.
1: Okay. And toner can be so confusing because you're like, what the hell is this even doing yes. to my skin? And I think that it allows products to follow, absorb better Okay. Into your skin. Okay. It creates a more clean canvas. Yes. And it truly is another step to remove all the grime and yes. impurities. Yes. Because
0: you're a makeup wearer like me.
1: Totally. I like oh, girls, I love a full face. Yeah. So, I feel like girls
0: that don't wear makeup have very different like nighttime routine. For sure. So I'm like getting off like not only foundation like primer, sunscreen like they're Yeah. That I'm trying totally. To yeah.
1: Yeah, so it's important to have a very effective yes. skincare routine that truly cleanses your skin and even sometimes when you tone, you can see oh, there is a little a bit of makeup left bit. in my hairline or like yeah. underneath the neck where I like forgot to take it off. Exactly. So that also is helpful. And after I tone, I moisturize. I'm obsessed with Dr. Barbara Sturm's Hyaluronic Acid Serum. She has a whole line made for darker skin tones, which let's just like clap it up for that because a luxury line made for women of color that truly works and is effective. There's so few of those. We need more of those. Like Let's make a call to action for more. But her line, it's truly magic. And I know it's so expensive, but I promise it's worth every penny okay
0: this comes up by the way pretty much on it's like basically like an inside joke on naked beauty at this point because everyone loves her products but no one who loves them actually pays for them
1: which you I, don't
0: you don't pay for anything yeah so like fair. I
1: haven't bought a beauty product in I know years. It's, it's, <laughs> but you love it yeah okay. okay oh it's so good but guess what it's savory right you get a hefty amount yes. of hyaluronic acid serum. oh
0: yeah I tried the hyaluronic acid serum and yeah. I was like am I about to spend $300 I on
1: know, I know. But I, I promise know, I she's know, I know. so knowledgeable. I'll know. never forget. This was about two years ago. She hosted a round table full of... Yeah. You just, were there.
0: No, no, no. Well, really? she she invited me to one recently and I wasn't able to make it, but they like treated me to a facial. I think that their PR outreach to women of color oh, is... incredible. Incredible. And she
1: sat there and she talked to us all about what mm-hmm. our concerns were. And she sort of let us like interrogate her on her knowledge. And she's so knowledgeable. She's so wise. She seems
0: great. I need to get her on the podcast, actually. Oh, she's incredible.
1: And the line was inspired by Angela Bassett and Jada Pinkett Smith. And I absolutely love it. And I literally use like maybe a half dollop of a drop because it's so potent. And I just pat it into my skin. Yes, hyaluronic acid is
0: a game changer.
1: It's my favorite ingredient of all time. It just truly is the secret to a glow it really is yeah it really is um okay so now you have your hyaluronic acid on yes and so then i also layer is clinical's hydro cool serum okay it's so cooling and refreshing and also just an extra dose of moisture okay and then after that i go in with my moisturizer from dr barbara Sturm for dark skin tones it's full of a lot of like acne fighting ingredients and it's truly is what i can credit to solving my hyperpigmentation which is an ongoing issue for me thank god for foundation but yeah, it. I'll wake up and I won't like whatever spot will be completely yeah. gone. I'm like, is this a magic trick on my face?
0: Wow. Um, Have you tried
1: vitamin C for hyperpigmentation? I feel like yeah, that makes a big difference. I love the vitamin C serum from Doctor Dennis Gross. Oh yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Have you tried your Epilogic one yet? I need to try the Renew Growth Serum. Oh, that is too. Bomb. I've talked to Sophia Rowe about that since then. I yeah. interviewed her for a feature. And she was like, oh, it's the real deal. It's bomb. I am so excited. Yeah. She's at like the top of my list to try.
0: I know, but you only have one face as as you said. yeah, <laughs> you probably have. But
1: I love supporting lines and products made by women of color, even if it's not specifically for women of color, like her line. But yeah. I just think it's so dope to see black women creating dope beauty products. I agree. She's so smart. I know.
0: Yeah. Everyone's heard her on the podcast. She gave us the deep dive and we talked about plastic surgery too, which is
1: fascinating. It um, truly is.
0: Speaking of Black-owned beauty brands, because you get to try everything. People send you a million things. What are some of your favorite Black-owned beauty brands?
1: I love Hanahana Beauty. Yes.
0: We love their shea butter. Yes.
1: It's so soft and buttery it truly makes my skin feel like velvet it's the best and i'm obsessed with epara skincare okay um, how do you spell that Ipara? epara e p a r a okay um it is Available at Barney's, which is like so amazing. because R.I.P. Barney's, though. I know (laughs) what used to be when it was when it was newly launched. And it's just full of a lot of African botanical ingredients. And she has this like night bomb that I really love to massage all over my decollete and sort of reimagine as body butter because it's so rich and feels so good. I also love... Butter skincare. It's okay. also shade better. It was created by Dorian and he's just so fabulous and truly has the best skin ever and no skin. Yeah, so that's amazing. And as far as makeup, I'm a really big fan of minted cosmetics. Yes, minted. They're so good. Their lipsticks and their lip liner and their eyeshadow palette. It's like called It's all for like neutrals for Mm. women of color. And it's truly just a one-stop shop. If you're busy and always on the go, I've always been a fan of the lip bar. Melissa Butler is just, she's been in the game before it was even a thing. And it's just like so smart. AJ Crimson beauty is amazing. Sir John has a line with Luminous Cosmetics, and he creates one of my favorite ever nude lipsticks. It's called Treble. Mm. and it sort of has a 90s vibe, but it truly feels like a neutral. And just everyone always asks me on Instagram when I'm wearing it what nude lipstick it is, so... I love that. And of course, Pat McGrath. I mean, she's like the mother of makeup. So you have to pay respect to her line. Everything is truly gold that she creates. Everything. (laughs) Everything.
0: I always say that I love euphoria makeup as much as I love soft glam. Like I love both extremes.
1: I agree. And it's whatever mood you're in. Like I truly believe that that's what's so fun about beauty. It just implements whatever vibe and whatever energy you're on. And Mm -hmm. it can really shift my mood and my energy. Yeah. Fragrance does the same thing for me. Like I even wear scent to bed. I love What?
0: It. Oh my God. Oh, I it we, so interesting. No, I, I love wear, that.
1: I wear a lot of vanilla and amber since I swear oh, amazing. it makes me sleep better.
0: <gasps> I make my own fragrance. I should make, I'm going to make a little essential oil one for you. Oh my God. Yeah. Wait, okay. Cause that. you walked in and immediately I was like, you smell amazing. You're wearing Frederick mall today. Yes. Okay, who like we said your candle go tos, but who are your fragrance go tos? I know you like <gasps> this byredo. Is truly,
1: so hard. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm obsessed with Kriegler. Have you? What tried is Kriegler? Kriegler? I've never even heard of it. Amazing French, you know, fragrance. Ugh, the
0: French just do everything Jackie so well.
1: Kennedy used to wear their scent. Really, it's so luxurious. They're so amazing. I'm also obsessed
0: with... Do you like any of the Tom Ford fragrances?
1: Yeah, they have this extreme lavender.
0: Oh, I've been meaning to try that.
1: So good. Is the it? bottle is gorgeous. I'm also really obsessed with Chloe. They really? just came out with a new line and it's sort of like a scent family. And it's just so good. They have a lot of different scents in their single note ingredients. So you can sort of layer and apply them as you please,
0: which I is love really
1: that really cool. Yeah. But the my favorite scent to wear to bed is by Erin. It's their vanilla fragrance. Wow. And I swear it just like calms me down and truly transports my Mood and to just this it's so relaxed. I,
0: I'm like obsessed with this, like, romantic nighttime routine you have uh, that ends with putting you've fragrance gotta do on. You got it. You got so it. So, it's so great. It's so great. Silk
1: pajamas, okay. And a silk pillowcase for my oh, hair, of
0: course. Of course. <laughs> I would, my ex-
1: bonnet, of course.
0: Of <laughs> cu- I would expect nothing less. All silk, <laughs> everything you're like, and covered in all of the like Hana Hana beauty butters yes. with your fragrance on. Oh, and on. I
1: love body oil too. I'm a body oil okay. person because yes. I just think it just. Feels like you're giving yourself this massage, and it. I love the way it feels.
0: Yeah, I love body oil as well. Mm -hmm. It's so hard to ask you now, like, what are your favorite beauty products? Because I feel like we've been talking about products this whole time. Do you have favorite beauty trends that you want to talk about?
1: I'm just obsessed with Black women. (laughs) I feel like we run the beauty sphere. Yes, everyone we don't, you know, abide by the trends. We are Mm -hmm. truly the trendsetters. trendsetters. We've been the trendsetters for as long as I can remember. I think it's so beautiful to see all of our glory just being, there's so much light being shed Mm -hmm. on who we are when it comes to hair which black hair to me is so complex right it is like, i wear my curls i, I
0: wear know i love your face. curls You, yeah <laughs> you do it all long short bob like
1: i think the versatility of black hair yeah. is so it's the best
0: incredible. it's the best it's
1: a superpower mm-hmm. and i think black women have always viewed viewed beauty as a superpower and we've taught our daughters and our daughters daughters the same mm-hmm. story and i think that's so amazing I'm just so inspired by that. I'm inspired by seeing us on the subway and down- walking down the street, and yes. you know the supermodels and celebrities, but just like the normal woman who just yeah. looks
0: so fly good, yeah,
1: together, yeah. It's where I get story ideas from. Mm-hmm. I'm just so visually inspired by black women. I think also more so than before. We've truly just used beauty as a way to express ourselves. And Mm -hmm. we aren't, we're really rewriting the rules. Totally. In terms of everything, in terms of, not prescribing to like the perfect size Mm and loving and embracing our bodies to if I have a pimple, I'm going to just let my pimple come out to play and (laughs) say hello. And like you can see it and it's fine. And I'm not filtering myself. And I think there's something so powerful about being very unfiltered. Yes. With who we are and very unapologetic.
0: Yes. That's why I love I love nothing more than when you post like your like bikini swimsuit photos when you're like in this these exotic locations in Bali. Cause I can feel that you love your body and like mm-hmm. you love your curves and like why wouldn't you? You have a gorgeous body.
1: You. Well interestingly enough I've had a very sort of like complicated really okay tell I us. I didn't wear a bikini until I turned twenty 20- Really? In public.
0: And you're only 27. Yeah. This was just two years of bikini wearing. Oh my gosh, you have so much to catch up on. I
1: know. I'm ready to show skin. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I'm just like, hello, it's me. Accept it. (laughs) You know, love it or leave me alone. I think that for so long, we've just been told how we should look. And I've always loved my body, but. I just felt like it wasn't exactly where I wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. But I remember I was working, you know, one job that was like really tough and I needed an outlet. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so stressed out. I have to take care of myself. Mm -hmm. And I went to a beauty event. I'll never forget. It was a Pantene event. This was back in 2016. It was a flywheel event. And I went and my favorite instructor ever, Sharika, she's a flywheel instructor. She was there and the class was so life-changing. It was like 45 minutes of no cell phones, like cycling, listening and dancing to music. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so incredible. So I just remember finding fitness and realizing it's, not just about my physical health, but it's about my mental health. And its mm-hmm. I feel like in our days, we give so much of our time to something else. Yes. We dedicate a lot of who we are and what drives us to a bigger goal mm-hmm. that's outside of ourselves. Absolutely. And this is an hour of my day simply to better myself, that's so important. And I'm going to honor that. And I'm going to keep it on my calendar and not move it for any other last meeting or shoot or anything. So yeah, that has truly transformed my relationship with my body and how I approach food and how I think about how I define beauty. Yes, it's like, yes, I have cellulite and I have dimples and I have stretch marks and I think it's beautiful. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, it is beautiful. It is beautiful. It is beautiful. Well, this may transition into the beauty mistakes you've made. But was there ever a time where you didn't love your body, or where you like over dieted, or tried to change what you were?
1: Oh my gosh! Well, for so long, I wouldn't even wear tight clothing. What? I didn't even wear body con dresses. Really? Or anything? I always wanted to wear everything oversized.
0: That's like, so different mom, from she, you now.
1: I know, and. I, this was throughout high school and honestly, a lot of college and I always have been mindful about my eating habits, Mm. but in terms of loving my body, it's been such a coming into my own. I remember I'll never forget at Cosmo. I wrote a story where the headline was my size 12 body tried on Kylie and Kendall's new swimwear line and the story went viral because they were like this girl wearing this line and there are pictures of me that's still on the internet (laughs) in a dressing room with all my curves simply in these bathing suits and I'm not sure if women who look like me or who who are made like me or even thought of when wearing that line so i right. think that's what intrigued a lot of mm-hmm. readers
0: and because most readers aren't the size of Kendall and Kylie yeah
1: and just being so outspoken about my size and mm-hmm. my body but honestly it's not even something that i think about as much anymore yeah. i truly wear clothes that make me feel like my best yes. self and yes. i wear bikinis and I post pictures and I don't alter myself and I think that's really important because we need more realness.
0: Yes. Like
1: that we need more images that aren't perfect. We were just talking about this. I think social media c- a lot of people sort of see my life and they think they think it's it's so glamorous and your but your life
0: is glamorous you go on these like incredible like Mm -hmm. press trips to like these exotic places all over the i mean yeah like
1: but there are so many in between moments
0: yes there's a lot of hard work
1: feelings yeah so many emotions that I have my group chats for. <laughs> I have my people and my tribe for. Yeah. I've never really been someone to seek validation on social media mm-hmm. or sort of have like a cry for help because I I'm so grateful for the people around me who I can go to yeah. in my journal, who I can write to yes. when I'm feeling like I need an outlet. And don't get me wrong. I'm very inspired by that whole movement of creating a community. Mm-hmm. If that's, if there's an issue that you're working through, however, I have always just been a show don't tell. person. Mm-hmm. I think it's, there's something to be said about making it look easy yes. and sort of, it's like being like a duck. You're like waiting on the water and you just look so composed and so put together, but you're, you're pedaling so hard yeah. underneath to, like, sort of stay afloat. stay afloat. That's just always how I've been. Just never let them see you sweat. Like <laughs> got this.
0: But yeah, there's you work very, very hard. Thank I was saying, you. like, you'll be literally, like, in the south of France. <laughs> like, you'll be in the most, like, exotic location ever. And it looks like you're just having this fabulous time. But then I'm seeing, like, Marie Claire's post, like, literally six new articles for Maya. Yes. And I'm like, what?
1: And I'm so <laughs> grateful for women like you who, you know, know the industry Yeah, read these stories because it can look yes like so glamorous and I'm so grateful for it. And it is. And this, yeah. these are moments...
0: Wait, like- can you just tell us some of the most glamorous trips you've been on? Because like, I've seen you like on a boat, like I've seen oh you God. in the most glamorous places.
1: There's so many. I went to... Paris for the first time ever in South of France with Dior. So
0: Dior just sends you an invite and they're like, come. It was for
1: fashion week and it was for a new launch. Oh my gosh. And I was, my eyes sort of sparkled. I'll never forget the feeling of being there. And I got to be there with my first ever beauty boss, Carly Cardellino. And she... That was so surreal. Like my yeah. first trip to France with my first boss, I ever worked for an assistant. It just felt. Oh, like, but now yeah. you guys were
0: peers. Yeah, yeah. And it
1: was just us two on the trip together. So it was a very intimate,
0: incredible, exclusive
1: like access, and it just felt very surreal. It was like the universe really conspired yes. in that moment. And then I love my La Prairie family. Mm-hmm. I I went to Switzerland with them. A few months ago to Art Basel and that was incredible. Amazing. Also,
0: people are like talking about Art Basel Miami. You're like, please. I'm, oh,
1: I also went to Art Basel. I met Art Basel, Miami, art Basel with Switzerland. With, with <laughs> yeah, it's so cool because that's where Art Basel. I didn't Yeah, even no, that's like the it was OG birth. Yeah, and I love the whole intersection of art and beauty. Mm-hmm. Beauty is art, so it's so cool to do that. And then Aqua de Parma, which is an amazing fragrance brand. They also make a lot of other products. Soaps and
0: aftershave. I
1: went to Italy for the first time. Oh yeah. You were in Tuscany, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah.
0: Everyone go scroll through her Instagram and just be like, (laughs) is this someone's real life? It's like you're photoshopping, like the most beautiful locations in the world.
1: I'll never forget starting out as an editorial assistant, which is the first ideal entry-level job. I literally wrote down, go on your first press trip in your career. And like now I've been on so many, I can't even count. And it's, I never ever take those moments for granted. It's like, I love sort of seeing how you can manifest things into your career. And that helps me to stay grounded and totally jaded by anything. This is a very, very special career, but it's always been more for me. I love the fancy trips and I love the exclusive celebrity access but it's the stories and the writing and yes. it's the art of interviewing and talking mm-hmm, to people that mm-hmm. that's what really drives me. And yes. that's why I'm really in this career. I think it, the perks sometimes distract a lot of people. And I get so mm-hmm. many DMS from young girls all around the world. To realize, wanna we do want that your one day, life. Yeah. One day. And it's like, you got to have the passion behind to mm-hmm. back up why you're really, Yeah, busy.
0: you have to do it. You have to imagine doing it and never getting to go on those trips and still want to do it just as much.
1: Yeah. And it's so funny because that's still work. Yeah. It's like we're going in yeah. brand partnerships, whether we work with them through advertising or whether I'm developing a huge feature mm-hmm. 24 yeah. hours later to talk yeah. about why I'm there. Yeah. Whether I'm you, you're between. not there drunk.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm in out. between
1: <laughs> itinerary, like answering my 500 box and you know, it's just, my inbox is never going to stop. The work never stops. So it's it's amazing, but you have to stay level-headed and know why yes. you're there.
0: When you go on those like influencer trips with other beauty influencers, do the girls talk to each other? Like, are they friendly? <laughs> I always wonder that. I like see these groups of people and I'm like, oh, this is an interesting group yeah. of people that have nothing in common except huge followings.
1: Interestingly enough, I've only been on two major like influencer. Yeah.
0: Paths. Where were they? Were they like revolve trips? <laughs>
1: Well, this past trip, I just came back from Palm Springs with Coach. Oh, yeah. And there were a lot of influence at the actual event. Okay. They're nice girls. Yeah. I respect the hustle and we yeah. all
0: talk. People were friendly.
1: Yeah. And as editors, they want to get to know us. And of
0: course. Can work yes. Together. <laughs> I'm sure.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. I think that it's all not comparing yourself. Yeah. All here. I'm also just a really present person. Mm -hmm. I have an interesting relationship with, showing things rather than just living in the moment Mm -hmm. in the moment it's always this back and forth thing i'm dealing with i feel like
0: just to interject here for a moment i feel like you're the queen of like going somewhere fabulous and then like five days later we'll get like a series of photos like we don't we don't like like we didn't know when you were in bali but like we got the bali like you dropped your coffee table bali book via instagram like two (laughs) weeks later and like a series of gorgeous photos
1: so big on that i think it's the libra in me but yeah. balance yeah. i really love living in the moment and taking in the present moment and reliving it yes. through a photo diary yeah. that is instagram and i'm all about capturing it right? yeah so you capture
0: yeah, yeah, the moment, yeah. but you don't share in real time
1: i just can't do it yeah. i don't know it's so much work to do that i'd rather like put my phone down mm-hmm. and like have a cocktail or like relax.
0: Yeah. And then you get to relive it when you post it, you know, a week later, which is fun.
1: Yeah. I think it's really freeing when you're able to have a healthy balance Mm -hmm. with sharing versus simply experiencing. I think there's true bliss in that.
0: Totally agree. Totally agree. Okay. So do you have any other beauty mistakes you've made in your life looking back?
1: I didn't make the mistake, but I've been incorrectly foundation shade
0: match oh too happens.
1: many times to count
0: right literally it's like when people in the stores are like oh i'll match
1: your shade it's truly something that we've all dealt with <laughs> and we still deal with and that i dealt with i'll never forget the department stores and going up i know counters and trust me these. <laughs> I know. hard quote professionals who I was hoping would be able to match my skin tone. And <laughs> Wait, did I, you just say hard quote professionals? Yeah, because <laughs> they need quotes around them. Because I if know. you're a professional, you should be able to work with all complexions. You should. And I remember being like, oh my gosh, you look like Casper the Ghost. Like
0: I know. at your I know. It's like when the neck and face don't even match a little bit.
1: It's really. But I think
0: also it's the department store lighting like you can't match your you have to like go outside you have iconic brows have you always had these like beautiful full brows and lashes no
1: i am brow blessed
0: yes brow and lash and lash blessed
1: (laughs) i'm not gonna lie i don't do much to my brows i have a very slow brow cycle okay so
0: what's a brow cycle
1: just how fast your brows grow oh, wow. in once you groom them. Okay. And mine grow painfully slow. Okay, So I have to take my time with them. I'm so particular. I've cried over my brows before. <laughs> like when you've had them done <laughs> by
0: someone you didn't like?
1: Yes, or if they're too skinny. I've always been a fan of, of a sort full. of... The full fluffy mm-hmm. brushed up mm-hmm. brows. I think it's so dope and editorial and cool. Mm-hmm. So, I'm a big fan of brow gel and brow pencils. Fears? So, first, I love to go in with Anastasia's Brow Wiz and Dark Brown and stroke my brows. I just use like very small hair like strokes. And yes. I like to backstroke my brows, which a lot of people don't. Oh, wow talk about as much but it's so natural because our brows grow in every rich which way so if you just comb them and then you comb them back and you backstroke you're filling in other sparse areas that you might have missed if you just kind of Ah. go straight on and i i really want to avoid the too perfect instagram brow
0: yeah yeah yeah. when it's like i've
1: been there um, (laughs) oh my gosh, I used to like conceal the shit out of my brows and it would be like, boom, like prominent looking brows (laughs) in high school. Like, oh girl, calm down. (laughs) So now I just comb through a lot. Blend and brush them up. And then I love, there's so many good brow pencils. Anastasia makes a great one. I mean, she's iconic when it comes to brows. Yes. I love Benefit. They have beautiful brow Mm -hmm. products. I also love layering brow gels on top of each other. Okay,
0: what are your brow gels? So
1: first, I love to tint my brows with the darkest shade. It's I think it's called Espresso from Anastasia. Okay. Line, and then I'm obsessed with this brow gel from It Cosmetics, and it's a clear brow gel. Also, if you know, you know product, but trust me, it's the bomb. Okay. And it just leaves this gorgeous shine that is like not too loud, which mm. is very subtle. And it just looks so good in selfies. Like that's why my brows look so defined because it's this, of my brow this,
0: okay, the it cosmetics.
1: Mm-hmm. What
0: are the other like, if you know, you know, insider beauty editor products that like you just feel like you,
1: people are sleeping on? Have you ever tried Inglat? a line
0: no it's I I see it a lot
1: yeah it's been around the block for a few years but they make one of my favorite nude lipsticks ever
0: Inglot, okay yeah
1: I wrote about it a lot birdie and at mary claire and it's their shade number four, four, seven. They're like shade numbers.
0: I love that. You know, shade numbers. Most of my <laughs> guests are like, I have to like get back to you on the you like four, four, seven.
1: <laughs> I'm the encyclopedia man. Yeah. Like if it works, I'm going to remember. Yeah. And that's really good. I also love repurposing a lot of products for highlighters and glow like Aquaphor, which is Ooh. one of my favorite diehard drugstore products. Beyonce used to use it to slather all over her face at night, which she told Elle back in the day. She probably doesn't do it anymore. <laughs> the, but the face I just it's quoted. <laughs> okay.
0: okay. She may have claimed she did that, but like,
1: she, yeah. Okay. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? She's I'm not going to. She's a mystery. She is an enigma. <laughs> so I love
0: using that like as an aquaphor as highlighter. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. sort of as like a glow inducing highlighter. Mm-hmm. So I'll double up on like, my cheekbones in the summer and underneath my brow bone, just for the light to hit right. Yeah,
0: I love that. Where did you get
1: that glow from? Girl, it's $3 at the (laughs) drugstore.
0: Yes, I love that. I love that. That's such an amazing tip.
1: Yeah, there are so many little hacks. I just think that use products the way they work for you. Yes, read the labels. Yes, Yes, don't use anything that's like Way too expired, but make it work for you. Yeah,
0: there are no rules. No. People just need to remember there are no rules in beauty. I'm I, using lipstick as eyeshadow.
1: Yeah, which yeah. is so fun. It's like you create this monochromatic moment with your lipstick mm-hmm. and your eyeshadow and even popping it on as blush. So much red carpet beauty is done with yeah. all those little hacks of reimagining yes. the purposes of products.
0: It's come to the end so I have to ask you my final question which I'm sad that this is the end but I'm excited for your answer on this because if if your nighttime routine says anything about how much you take time for yourself I think your answer to this will be interesting. So when do you Maya feel most beautiful?
1: I feel the most beautiful when I'm with the people that I love. Mm-hmm. I think that beauty beyond the surface it's like an act of celebrating yourself. Mm -hmm. So when I say the people I love, it's when I've gone through my entire makeup routine. I've like turned on my music, spent time on my face. Mm -hmm. My lipstick of the night of the moment is on and I just feel confident and beautiful. And then I'm just like, with my friends. Yes. And we have such a celebratory energy.
0: Yes. I've seen it on Instagram. I think <laughs> one of the joys of following you is seeing how you really turn up. Like you are the girl that is in Switzerland one day, like living this very kind of prim and proper life. And then the next day, like twerking it out yes. at a cookout yes. with all your friends, listening to the most ratchet oh my and God. inappropriate music. You see, like
1: any like Meg Thee Stallion. Yeah. Know, like, I am living your best life. But I think I am a woman that contains multitudes yes. and I am professional, but I also love to work it down. Yes. And love <laughs> to have fun and I love to turn off and take that time to be with the people I love. That's what reinvigorates me. Yeah. That's what keeps me balanced. And, I think that's where I get the most story ideas, right? Like sitting around a mm-hmm. table with your girlfriend, like drinking wine, talking about anything yes. in terms of what happened at work or how mm-hmm. something made you feel. Yeah. And a lot of it, I connect back to like beauty as it relates to a cultural context or the way we live our lives. And I mean, so many of my story ideas have been birthed from group chats and girl group discussions and, all sorts of real life moments. But yeah, that's when I just feel the most beautiful when yeah. I'm with people I love who are lifting me up and we are just ourselves. Yeah. Apologetically. yeah. And I think that it's important for me. I love that you said like, you'll be on a trip and then you'll be with your friends, but I've just never been defined by a job title. Mm-hmm. And I've mm-hmm. never lived my life in a way that feels limiting. I yes. think that, I've always loved just figuring out what makes me happy. And that's how I've created sort of this energy. I think energy is the most precious thing we all have. So how I conserve that and preserve my energy is the most important thing to me.
0: That's beautiful. And we love to see it. We love to see it. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on Naked Beauty. We can do a toast with our water. Yay. Here. Thank you so much <laughs> for coming on. You, and you have to come back. You have to come back. I, I feel wait. like maybe we can do like listener letters and people can just ask you millions of questions. Let's and do it. We can just like kneel at your beauty knowledge. So down. <laughs> okay. Amazing. <laughs> Okay. Okay, Now I'm coming to you guys with takeaways from the episode with Maya. She honestly dropped so much knowledge. Takeaway number one, making your cleanser a mask for your skin. I loved when she talked about keeping on your cleanser for longer than normal and actually using it as a mask. So like putting on your facial cleanser, but then hopping into your shower and letting the steam do its thing before you rinse it off. Takeaway number two, the importance of a good toner as that final step in cleansing your skin. I love a good cotton pad to make sure that I haven't left anything behind, but Maya is a big believer in toner. Takeaway number three, just creating a vibe. I loved when she talked about lighting candles and playing music and making your nighttime skincare routine really feel like a powerful ritual for yourself. Okay, takeaway number four. Maya has some go-to brands that she loves for her skincare. Renee Rouleau is one of them. She loves the acne fighting ingredients in Renee Rouleau. And she also loves Dr. Barbara Sturm's dark skin tone line. She likes their hyaluronic acid, which yes, as I mentioned, is expensive. She says it's worth every penny. And she likes the moisturizer that also has a ton of acne-fighting ingredients. She also goes to sleep with fragrance on. I mean, how glamorous is that? And she swears by the Erin's Beauty fragrance. It's Erin's A-E-R-I-N-S. And she wears the vanilla and amber perfume every night to bed. So glam. Takeaway number 5, hyaluronic acid to seal that moisture in before your final step of skincare. It doesn't matter which brand you use. Do some research online and find the hyaluronic acid that you like. I think it's a game changer. Takeaway number 6, she shared some great black-owned beauty brands that I'm excited I didn't know all of these. She shared Lip Bar, she shared Iparis Skincare, Mented Cosmetics in their neutral palette for women of color. Takeaway number 7, making sure your brows are big and fluffy. I don't have enough brow hairs to really make this trend my own, but I loved hearing her talk about how meticulously she grooms her brows, how she loves them to be big and bold, but also this backstroking technique that she mentioned, basically filling in your brows in the reverse direction so you don't miss any sparse areas. Love that technique. Also really appreciated her commitment to brow gels. Takeaway number eight, Aquaphor, taking drugstore Aquaphor, I'm sure this works with Vaseline too, but adding that to your cheekbones and under your brow bone for a sheen and a glow, what an incredible tip and so attainable and so easy to do. I absolutely love that. And takeaway nine and her final takeaway, having fun and just making time for friends. So many of us work so, so hard, right? We spend most of our time at work if we work in an office, but even if you're freelancer working for yourself, you're probably spending most of your time in front of a computer doing work. And I think on the weekends, sometimes it's very tempting. It's very tempting for me to want to curl up into a ball and just watch Netflix and not do anything. But when I go out and spend time with my friends, it's honestly the best feeling. So I love that Maya said she felt most beautiful spending time with other people, making those connections, really just living life. That's all. That's what it's all about, living life, being present, making those memories and moments that you won't ever forget. So I love that as her final last bit of beauty advice. All right, guys, those are the takeaways from today's conversation with Maya. I hope you guys learned as much as I did and feel as inspired as I do from Maya and her drive and her just overall excellence. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back next week with a new episode.
1: Have a blast. Let me put you in the movie. Little Cupid, looking like a student, long hair, with your big, fat booty. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello